A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. So, getting all ready for uh, the feast tonight, um, you and Baldric head out. Is there anything you wish you that you wish to do before the feast? So, something that I probably don't usually do is I would probably like something. Okay, something that I would do that I don't usually do is I would say a prayer to just like any kind of luck I can get on my side. You know, I don't really like ask you for much, God, but please just kind of like look look down upon me for this for this act and and like you know help me help me do what I what I'm destined to do and kind of just like this whole spiel or whatever uh, in private, of course, and basically think about like what's at stake for a little bit. Just kind of like think about like how I've been given this golden opportunity and. I I can't let my lord down, and after after pep talking myself and doing a little prayer in private, I'm gonna go. What exactly is Sir Goldstone thinking that his his lord expects from him? Well, I think he expects me to rescue the countess and to probably fetch him some kind of like dowry of wine or something. I mean, I don't really know, but. I need to I need to come back with at least a tail. But I mean, I think much more than that is like more is implied. Like I need to I need to rescue this woman and I need to allow my lord to indulge in this wine of legend that he's told me about. It's surely not fair that I would have tried it and my lord is not. So dinner that night is as festive as the previous evening. And everyone is ignoring the black story night, broken only by the clash and voice of lightning. Sometimes the thunder thunder disrupts the poets or singers and causes the dancers to fall on the floor. But the food is good and the wine is plentiful. Tonight they're serving uh, some veal custard pie. And the entertainment of the evening is some knife juggler whose speech is all puns and really bad puns about knives and what people do in bed together. You know, it's, it's a short feast. So let's, uh, you know, how much of a fan of feasts I am. So you have a few options here. You can, you can indulge, you could intrigue, you could flirt, um, or you can uh, go for the feast deck. Feast deck. Alrighty. I mean, I, I should have known. I'm just waiting for like Gulliston to just like drunk yell out to the bar, just like play play the Swan Knight or whatever. So wait, I'm like waiting to hear the Swan Knight, and that's like my cue to ask for Noah's wine. Uh yeah, on the third night. Got actually, this is quite um, appropriate. Um, the card is called Excellent Wine. A very good wine is served at your table. You're going to make an opposed roll at. Temperate minus three versus indulgent at plus three. So I pass the temperate, but I fail the indulgent. So um, actually, you get to check your temperate. That's uh, that's what comes of this. It's, it's not much, but um, you know, it's 
it's very, very good wine. It's not, it's probably better than the wine the, from the previous evening, but it kind of gets you wondering, like, if these are like the caliber of wines, like, like what is this Noah's line? Yeah, this is like, he's wondering, like, okay, so yesterday I had the best wine in my life. Today I had an even better wine that is the best wine in my life. Is this Noah's wine like actually magical? Who knows? I mean, it's not like you grew up with such finery, but uh, the count is kind of like um, joining in in the reveries. Well, he um, does not pass his temperate and goes straight for the indulgent of the second wine. And then someone kind of like um, comes up to him and um, whispers something into his ear. And you notice that from afar, his like the joy kind of like drains from his face. I, I'm kind of like carefully watching him as I take another sip. And uh, does he kind of like mention anything or does he just kind of look more solemn, but still going about the feast? Would you like to make an intrigue roll? Yes. I don't really have a good shot, but let's try it. Natural one. All right. Uh, first off, Critcher uh, Intrigue. Uh, so check that. You know right away that it's um, it's it must be bad news. And he, the count is kind of swirling his glass and just like, just throws it all back in one like sorrowful gulp, which in your mind is like almost like a waste of such, such a wine to just throw it back. But then he, he just, he's just looking really sad. And like, since you are one of the guests, he kind of turns to you because you crit. So he'll say directly to you. He says, my friend, uh, today is the blackest of nights. The probably worst news I've heard in an age has fallen upon this sorrowful table. Count, what is it? Well, a uh, great, great friend and flower of chivalry is no more. I just received news from a messenger that Sir Amarin of Stonely, valiant roundtable knight, he's been murdered. Golston like, kind of... Uh... Like, like a, his, a glass, like, drops and shatters in the distance. Golston is, like, kind of um, in disbelief. He's just like, no, surely your source is mistaken. I, it was just not long ago that Sir Emeryn, you see, he's my benefactor and a, and a friend of mine, dear friend. This can't be true. And Golston, like, is visibly shaken by this, but uh, he's kind of just, like, like in disbelief he's just like no 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 it, it surely can't be he's he's better than me how could he have been taken out so the count uh, fills his glass to the brim and fills yours as well and he he takes another drink and he says it was a murder most foul um some craven knight called sir barrelot <sighs> he attempted even further to to attack his manor and carry off the lady Lyowen, his wife? No. I mean, the, the plucky woman mustered the commoners and fought back with such fury that five mercenaries were killed. And it is said that, like, she, you know, was able to rescue the famous heart blade from his body. But I, I my heart goes out to uh, the lady and her daughter. And he takes a long drink from the class 
So Golston hearing this news, this like he forgets why he's even here. This is just like just too much. Like he's so visibly shaken right now. There's tears welling up in his eyes and he's just like staring down at the table, just trying to imagine a way that this could not be true. But it's just it's just like too much for him to to handle. And he's just like uh, he's just like looks incredibly just pale and just like sad. And then this kind of rage starts to bump, like this rage just kind of starts to burn inside of him for the, for the bastardly night that killed his benefactor that killed a man that showed him kindness. And he just is like it to be so vile as to make attempts on his family and his manner like that scum, that wretched dog. And he's kind of, this is just kind of like welling up in him right now. And he's just like turning like beet red with anger. And he's just like in his head, he's just vowing to kill that man. Oh, would you like to test merciful versus cruel? Or yes. uh, or would it be forgiving versus what's the opposite? Forgiving vengeful. And venge- Actually, forgiving vengeful sounds a lot uh, better. So let's test that. Okay, so I fail the forgiving. Let's try this. I fail the vengeful as well. Which uh, which are you feeling closer towards at this point? Because vengeful. You, please check your vengeful because this is very not a forgiving act that you're considering. And the the count is just like beside himself, and he just finishes the glass and eventually has servants help him back to bed. And you know, kind of like you're left there kind of stewing in your pots and here comes uh the countess triamore and she kind of like pops over sits next to you and then she's trying to start up this conversation about how exciting it is to you know be with a woman even though um she is in a relationship or you know you know be with a man even though he's married and you know it's it's very exciting wouldn't you say so as well that is how uh, courtly love works, right, sir? He's just like, yes, yes, Countess Trimore. This is all very interesting, but I'm afraid I've received some very terrible news today. I'm sorry if I don't share your excitement about these things. Oh, surely not another one who would spurn my advances. The good Count here will, would never try me. He just seeks to covet me and keep me from others. And she kind of like puts um, her hand on your top of yours, obviously not reading the room very well. I think that like in a different circumstance, Sir Sir Goliston might have have not held back from that. But given the grief that he's experiencing, he is he is going to kind of just like pull his hand away and just be like, my countess, now is not the time. My sincerest apologies if this offends you. It's just that I am hurt for the loss of my friend. Can you make me a trusting role? Uh, pass, nine on a 14. Like your gut's telling you that there's something to the Countess's story, and she's obviously trying to get at something. But in the back of your mind, like, it's not like you trust that like she deserves a champion, but um, you kind of feel like something else is like afoot here. Do I feel like she could have been responsible behind the plot against um, Sir uh, Sir Arryn? Amryn, sorry. Oh, absolutely not. You just made your trusting role for her. Okay, I'm just kind of like getting a vibe that 
plus it's uh sir uh bertolotta was the accused yeah i don't know i think like maybe in his anger and grief he's just like and like his frustration with her like coming on to him even though he's like uh very depressed he's just like did she put this bird a lot up to this but it's just like some maddened thought that kind of just like because he's just like starting to think like i don't know like the way that you're coming off right now is just like it's just not attractive to him but he's but like at the same time like it's like yesterday he looked at her and he was like you know taken aback by just her beauty and stuff but like even he's like finding himself like annoyed at at, um her like forwardness i guess uh because he is like a he's he's more like of a a chaste guy i guess you know like can i don't know i guess i'm not really phrasing it right but like i think that he's just like not really used to that type of forwardness so he's like kind of uh pushing back against it a little bit sure check your chaste but um she kind of understands and nods her head like don't worry tomorrow night that's the feast and if the old lord doesn't complete his rituals i will be free forever help me then and when i call for your aid you will steal me away to the rear postern and i'll have horses waiting take me away and i'll be your true lover forever i know you just gotta you know ask for noah's wine after, you know, after the Swan Knight um, story, once once the Lord is drunk, can escape. Things will be good. Indeed, Countess. It shall be done. And uh, Golston is kind of like in his head thinking like, man, am I really going to like, am I really going to do this to this man who just lost somebody that like is important to me and important to him? Like, I know he's feeling this loss because like, I liked him too. Like, that guy was awesome. And like, you know... It's like, am I really going to like add to, to this injury here? But he already agreed to, um, to free the countess. And that is something that he still kind of like believes in. Um, so he is going to, and he's taken by her romantically and like physically, of course. So like that also weighs in pretty heavily. Um, so yeah, that this is still happening. This is still going down. Interesting. I mean, you, you do, um, you did crit your um, intrigue role. So you, you do know that um, the Count has been sincere in his forthright about um, his um, loss for Sir Amran and the circumstances. And, like, I'm not sure if um, Golston's picking up on it or if he's just stewing or whatever, but, like, you, you did crit your intrigue and something is just not right about everything that's been going on the past few days. So you're thinking about that as you're lying in your bed at night, like just you're on this mattress and it's a comfortable mattress, but despite that, you just cannot fall asleep and you wake the next morning having gotten like no rest at all. And it's raining even harder. Um, Sir C then asks once again, if you would like to go out on patrol with him. I go with him again, but this time I, I, We'll pick his brain more uh, as we um, ride. You're, you're about to like um, say yes, and then like the the storm like crashes out even harder. It's I, I would need an, an energetic roll to get you out of the castle in the weather, despite all this. Yeah, let's see if I can muster this uh, energy here. Yeah, five on a fifteen. All right. So despite um, the weather outside and everything, just 
being miserable, you somehow pull yourself into the saddle and like you, the, the two of you and like these dreary looking peasants, like drudge through this slop and it's kind of like getting up to your shins already starting to be a bit of a slug, um, like a little bit of a flood. And the, the, the two of you wade out um, to places where there's um, uh, Seathern is kind of just like indicating the peasants should dig and they're, they're digging. But uh, at this point you can't help but notice that like the wall of the dike, you could see like waves kind of going right up against the side of the, the water. And it's like some starting to spill over. I um, I'm gonna like try to pass uh, Sir Seether in a, a wine skin and kind of try to like pick his brain about um, the count and the countess and like his feelings on them. Just like you know the kind of thing where it's just like uh, too like hard work, huh? Like just two hard two uh, hardworking guys. Like here, let's just share a drink and uh, yeah, like you can kind of like let loose and tell me how you really feel. Sure. Um, I would say either courtesy or rate or intrigue to kind of get them to open up. Well, my courtesy is the highest, so I'd like to test that. 13 on a 13. What does that mean again? Uh, that's a um, matching. It is a crit. Woo! So check it. And he takes the wineskin from you and takes a long sip and then looks at you and sips again and you know, just kind of, uh, he looks like he's like, wants to say something, but then he's just keeps stopping himself. Go ahead, sir. and say what's on your mind. I have sworn an oath not to say anything bad about the Lord or lady that I serve. And I will continue to serve them to my utmost throughout this time. But you were not unnoticed the other night. How so? Speak freely. Well, I am partial to the security of our tower here, and sometimes I just cannot sleep. And I I say it's just to keep an eye on things, but sometimes, you know, a nibble of cheese here or bread, and one can't help but notice others in the kitchen at night sometimes. So if you had observed this taking place why hadn't you mentioned anything and i still have not mentioned anything directly for i swore to serve both my lord and lady your count sir guinor your count sir guinor is he a fair man he is most righteous and just and i would do whatever i could to keep him from harm and his wife the countess is she a reasonable woman my lord is righteous and just and i will do whatever i could to keep him from harm understood and he seems like really upset by all this i'm sorry to trouble you it's just uh a lot has been weighing on my mind since the death of my benefactor and good friend lord amron sir amron i his loss will be felt throughout the realm i'm sure of it and kind of looking around like you see these peasants are just like ineffectually like digging ditches into like already overflowing. He's like, I don't think there's much that we could do um, here other than, you know, wait for the storm to die down. Perhaps uh, tomorrow it will be better. Indeed. So 
reluctantly he drags the work party back and like you're just like soaked to the bone baldrick's there with a yet another skin of wine to help you you know warm up and like he's there getting your best outfit together as do he has two previous nights Golston is kind of quiet. He's brooding. He's not sure if he trusts the Countess. He's not sure if he should distrust the Count. He's kind of just like wondering if if this whole plan is a big mistake, if he's going to be doing something terrible by rescuing this Countess. She might have motives that he's unaware of, and he doesn't want to be taken for a fool. Uh, So he's kind of just like brooding over this whole thing. And he's like, part of him is just like, what if I don't ask for Noah's wine? And what if I just leave this whole place? And uh, just kind of like thinking about like what his options are. Uh, but I'm sure that like after a certain amount of time of him just thinking to himself, like it's just going to be, you know, time for the feast. And he's not really going to like have, he's going to be out of time and not know what to do essentially. Well, you get dressed uh, despite uh, your brooding and the, this feast is much like the others. Everyone is happy and friendly and courteous. Entertainers keep laughter alive and the maidens serve some fine wine. Um, haunches and roasts and whole baked birds weigh down the tables. The, the dish tonight, um, the piece de resistance, is peacock. Uh, roasted and glazed with honey and green sauce and served with the skin and feathers still on. It's doesn't taste um, as good as other foods, but it's not about the taste. Sometimes it's about the presentation and, you know, Sir Golson's recently has been understanding that there's a bit more fashion to food lately. And the, a bard is um, coming out and he is uh, telling um, some stories and he's like um, kind of fishing around for them. Uh, The count, um, despite uh, his troubles yesterday seems, you know, somewhat happy and he asked the uh, the bard to regale him with an old pagan story, uh, the Night of the Swan. So the bard starts up with the st- um, story, and the story is about the Night of the Swan, who's a knight who seeks a woman he sees in a dream. She's called the Shining Queen. He discovers he is the wife of the King of the Castle of Bones, and he prepares to steal the woman by stealth. Before he acts, however, a crow brings him a head which describes the story of his own failed sleuthing. The Knight of the Swan then alters his plans and walks through the front gate to confront the hoary old king. Heroic combat ensues, but the Swan Knight wins, marries the queen, and becomes king. Uh, Would you like to try um, a fairy lore to see if you heard any of the story before? Close, but no. But uh, I can't help but kind of like see comparisons to like to like what's happening right here almost uh and like it's the whole thing it's just becoming like way more unsettling and Golston is just like really not sure if he wants to do this now so the bard continues uh the knight of the swan resists three temptations of drink of lust and treasure he won because he was forthright honorable and courteous when the tale is done the bard retires there's a lot of rejoicing and clapping and, you know, the king seems, or the count seems pretty uh, happy to have heard his old tale. And, like, the countess is kind of, like, looking at you, waiting for something to happen. So I look at her, and I, I feel like she's waiting for me to say certain words. And I'm just glaring back at her 
my lips shut. So, uh, first off, um, if you're doing what I think you're doing, uh, you could check your prudent. It's already checked. So, uh, the the reverie continues through the night, I guess. What's going on in Galston's head is like, he's just like, I'm not going to secretly kidnap this woman. That is not honorable. Like, if there's been some wrongdoing here, like, it's best to be forthright about it as the Swan Knight was in the story. But that being said, he's not going to, like, go in and front the count. But he's also not saying the words. He's not asking for the Noah's wine. And uh, if the Countess is displeased by this, she's going to have to, uh, she's going to have to, like, grab him and say, like, you know, what are you doing or something? Because... He's just not sold anymore. He thinks she's up to something else. She's like staring daggers at you, almost as if to say, what are you doing? This is not what we discussed. You're probably feeling even just more uncomfortable about like whatever decision you have made and like how your emotions have been just like cascaded across the inside of your heart this past few evenings. Like in my head. There's this kind of like moment that keeps playing back where me and uh, Sir Southern were out uh, watching the peasants dig. And I like I, I got him to be candid with me and he was like he wouldn't say anything good about the countess, really. And it's like he wasn't able to tell me. And I understand like he's bound to certain oaths and there's only so much you can say, but like the impression that. Goliston got and how that read to Goliston was that he shouldn't trust the countess but also he's confused because why didn't uh Sir Seathern stop him Goliston is like maybe Sir Seathern knew I would come to the right decision or something people do things and they make promises to do things and sometimes they're trapped by these promises Goliston uh it's just like, fuck, 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 fuck. Noah's wine. I request Noah's wine. The music stops and the Count looks at you in surprise. Noah's wine. This is a rare vintage and I had thought to save it for my 200th birthday. Is this what you desire? If you'd be so kind. Very well, the Count says. Bring forth Noah's wine, he says to his butler who bows and disappears and then he kind of you see sir seathern kind of like go in his chair and like the the countess is looking like super giddy of what's about to happen eventually the butler um comes across and produces the this like kind of like weird looking cask it's like wooden covered in like uh skins of some sorts with like a bronze plaque he hands it to the count um, on a platter, and then, in like an explanation, the count says, oh, I've heard this is also called the wine a shame, because in the Eastlands, where the sun rises from the dead, lived a sailor named Noah. After a long voyage, he drank from the brew and fell senseless to the ground, so that his children mocked and shamed him. Some of that noble brew is still here now for our drinking. Would you like to roll religion and Christianity? Uh, that's a fail. Uh, well, there's been many Noahs. It certainly couldn't be that Noah. But he peels back the 
skins and the bark and underneath it all is a simple clay jug. Well, Wilston is sweating profusely right now. He's just like uh just looking very nervous. Well, says the count, I will have no one speak badly about my hospitality and this big golden and bejeweled chalice is brought forth and the count kind of uncorks the jug and there's like a gasp as like air is kind of like sucked in and then just aroma of this liquid comes out and you can smell it from across the table even and you're just watching as the count uh, pours it into this bejeweled glass How, how how are you feeling right now very scared very nervous He's he doesn't he still doesn't understand the situation, so he's just like kind of just waiting to see what's gonna happen. But like all this stuff is kind of like playing through his head. He's not sure who to trust. This thing about oaths, he thinks about like what he said that he would do this, and he's like, I have to do this because like oaths are important. And he also thinks about like all this stuff that they were saying about like you know, I'm bound to certain oaths, uh, then I will be free, things like that. And when he saw um, Seathern kind of just like, it looked like relief to Goliston. So he was just like, okay, like, maybe, maybe this is the right direction, but he's still just like sweating a ton. He He's pleased that, as the Countess said, the Count would not, would not falter on his hospitality when, when uh, brought to task. And the wine was brought out and the story and everything. And it's like very kind of like surreal and scary to Goldston. He's not really sure what to expect. Um, he's not sure what's going to happen when he drinks it or it, like if he's, if he's asked to drink it, if, if he's like what he's going to do, like what, what's going to happen. So he's kind of just like still trying to play the part and uh, be as cool as he can. Would you like to make me an opposed prudent reckless role? Failed my prudent, passed my reckless. Again, like these, well, first off, check your reckless, because this is kind of a reckless act, I'm not sure what you're doing here, but uh, it's fine. You watch as the Count pours the last of the clay jug into this wine, uh, of this wine into this big cup, and he's about to, like, uh, drink from it, and you're looking across and you're seeing the... Uh, Sir Seathen uh, just kind of like sweating his boots and okay well he made his loyalty roll um, you see uh, Sir Seathen kind of jump across and snatch the cup out of the Count's hands and like in one gulp just, just drains it and just immediately falls unconscious Shit. the cup clatters across the table and oddly there's no drops of wine left in it um the count uh, picks up the goblet almost dumbfounded and says well he does not like me to drink so much i guess that was one way to prevent it i will be sober now you see the cup get uprighted on the table and you notice across like some servants are helping sir then like out from under the table where he just immediately fell unconscious and now, like, the con- countess is looking at you like, uh, come on. And then she looks at the cup. Yeah, but, like, I'm not going to just grab the cup and run. Like, they- <laughs> I'm looking at her like, like, 
like what am I supposed to do now? What are you going to do now? Like the the couch is kind of like looking dumbfounded, like at his servant um, being pulled away, and like the countess is just like, "Come on, I'm waiting." Uh, Goldston will kind of say like, "Well, let it be known, Count, your hospitality is truly unrivaled." And uh, he's kind of still just like looking around occasionally, like eyeing that cup on the table. And he's like, what a fine vessel you have there. Yes, uh, this is the cup of Ogamios, a rare, very rare vessel. It's showing like uh, pagan scenes of like men hunting around the around the sides of it there's jewels and like there's some strange writing that you have no idea what it says sir Golston is thinking about when he prayed to, for god to intervene and to guide his path and he kind of thinks that like maybe that did happen like maybe god saved his life by not having him steal the cup by causing a wrinkle in the plan and he's he's like he looks at it and then just kind of like that anticipation and that build up just kind of like washes away as he just kind of says like yeah it's truly a majestic cup and he kind of just like looks at the countess uh and kind of just gives like a like this is not going to happen look she appears like incredibly angry and stands up and says my good lord face me and like stunned, the count um like turns to her and like like what what now Sir Golston take the vessel and she's like screaming it at you at this point. Countess, I will not. You will you will not. You will not what? But but you said, Countess. And- I know I I know I agreed to help you previously, but. I don't believe I can trust you. And I don't believe I have any reason to distrust the noble and hospitable Count Gwyndor. You feel a tug at your sleeve and your squire Baldrick, who had made his uh, role, says, "Uh, sir, did you actually swear to anything? I don't think I said anything like that. I agreed to it, but uh, I don't think I said like I swear it, but I might I might have. I don't believe so, Baldrick. Did you take an oath, my lord? I did not. Those are agreements I don't take lightly. Although and it does hurt me to go back on my word. I, f- I cannot do what is what is not right. And the count is just looking like super confused at all this and says, "What what is the meaning of this? I, I don't understand. My count, I'm afraid I must come clean of this plot. Plot? In my court? What? Indeed, and I am somewhat responsible and to blame. You see, the countess approached me, told me she was captive, in danger, and I was tempted by her beauty. I must admit, I agreed to help her leave this place. However, after the death of a close friend of mine, I began to do some soul searching. When it came time to carry out this plot, my good God, the Christian God intervened and caused Sir Sethern to drink the wine instead. I feel the utmost shame in having been a part of this, but I will not go through with this anymore. Countess, I'm not stealing this cup. And like, he, it's probably like gasps and stuff like that. I don't know. 
people are so shocked that they think you should make either orate or courtesy roll. Um, but you have the option to impassion if you'd like. How do I impassion? I already rolled it and failed. Oh, it's it's fine. Um, you well, actually, that would pass your uh, hospitality if you would like. If you want to roll your hospitality, that'd be a good one. Oh yeah, actually, okay, hospitality. Um, that's a fifteen on a seventeen. All right, so uh, that would give you a first. You get a um, a check in your hospitality, and you would get then get a plus ten to your roll, be it uh, courtesy or orate, or be plus ten to your skill. Okay, so roll my courtesy. Nice. So that's sixteen on a twenty-three. So pass. Okay. So I I guess first check your uh, courtesy. If it's not already checked, it might be already. But as you're like giving this impassioned speech and uh, the the count uh, questions you what uh, what happened the past few evenings and like you're looking around and you're kind of expecting. Uh, the countess to uh, be upset at some of these accusations. But at the end of it, she's actually quite calm and says, I did what I was told. He says, my countess, I apologize to you as well. I should not have agreed to something I was not willing to carry out. But at the end of the day, my honesty is important to me and it is not something I'm willing to tarnish. And it is much, um, much valued in this court as well. And like her tone of speech, like took a drastic change from what it was moments ago. And the count explains that uh, it is his custom of his castle for, to test the willingness and um, virality of his guest knights. And, you know, if try to test them in their ways and prove them to be either, um, virtuous people or dastards and they're either rewarded or and honored or punished for it so um, with smiles the count um, turns and congratulates you on your honesty and says I'm glad he sees it that way because like Golston is just like like seriously traumatized by this game he just like he's like what like what was real what wasn't real like He's just like, uh, you know, and like, so their attitudes have changed. His kind of like has not, and he still has this very grave, like look and expression, even if they're kind of like patting him on the back or or giving him like happy looks or whatever. He's still just like, like torn up inside from this whole ordeal. Yeah, it's quite traumatizing. And despite this, um, you know, the count um, says, he renounces any more um, tests um, now that a knight as brave as yourself has come along and solved the custom of the castle. And he um, says once more that um, no more will he try to uh, trick knights into being what they're not. And he says, he, he's like, he's even considering like getting baptized and taking on the Christian religion, but we'll, we'll get to that later sort of thing. Because. <laughs> You know, he's basically, um, you're getting like a little crash course in the custom of the castle sort of thing, where they have these weird customs and Arthurian knights are supposed to come along and be tested, tempted, and then break them. Golston is like fake laughing along, like, haha, that was really fun. 
Yeah, and like everyone's like patting you on the back, and the count offers you the goblet to take in earnest now. Um, the the countess Trimore gives you the most chaste kiss on the cheek as a reward for your chastity throughout this time, and you're basically you're the bar um, perks up again and starts singing about the. Uh, the chastity, honor, um, and honesty of the brave uh, Sir Goliston, which you didn't know that was a song, but apparently it is here now. I and, um, I like kind of thank the Count for the lesson he's taught me. I'm just like, this trial has taught me so much of my of my own values and my own morals and what I need to stay true to. You've given me a gift that I don't think I can ever repay. Like how, how can I try to, how can I try to make this right? By continuing to live and be a good and noble knight, sir. I promise as another gift that when you are ready to marry, I will put in a good word uh, to the father of whomever it is, because the word of um, Count uh, Gwidnor, you know, carries some weight across the realm. Count Gwidner, you are truly the most hospitable host and a fine man. And as the evening wraps up, um, basically the, the rain stops and like, like it kind of the water um, sort of starts to go down on the other side of the dike. And weirdly, the kingdom is not flooded. It seems that like an act of God kept... Uh, the waters of lust and treachery and seduction from flowing over and taking out this beautiful land. So um, the next morning you are um, given a cask of some fine wine. It's not Noah's wine, but it's a fine wine. And along with your goblet and you're mounted on a beautiful white charger and um, sent back uh, to Sir Gregor to tell of your exploits. Uh, and you know bring news of everything that you've done for the count to your people dang and i i have like so much to tell him i'm just kind of like i can't wait to get back and you do get back at some point and uh sir gregor um you know he he's sipping a, a glass of wine he's like that's uh some mighty fine wine there so did you find the adventure indeed and at the time, I didn't believe that I was partaking in it, but it was happening all along. This was truly quite a thrilling experience, Sir Gregor, and I must thank you for taking me under your wing and making all of this possible. I trust you've heard the news of Sir Amran's death. He nods and says, truly a, a great loss to the realm, and seems that even news this tragic could even pierce the veil beyond this realm and influence that of others. Indeed, Count Gwidnor was very hurt by Amrin's death. Let us drink this wine in honor of him and his life. Here, here, and he raises the um, his glass, and you're raising yours, which is you know big, bejeweled, and really expensive. <laughs> And uh, you toast in the evening and the camera pans out to these two eyes just watching Castle Terrible from the edge of the woods and blue smoke is kind of dissipating into the distance. 
Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.